All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Zeus with Bruce. I'm with an old friend of mine, still a great friend, Mamoon. Salamu alaikum. Yes. Hello. Alaikum salam, man. Thank you for having me, bro. How are you doing? How are you doing good, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Doing so I'm going to try to practice my Arabic. Yeah, great. Got to yeah, practice Arabic good, a little man. more, so we're going to have to see what we can do. But... Thank you for, uh, for yeah. having me. I'm, I really look forward to having this talk with you, bro. Let's do it, man. It's been too long. Our conversations always managed to get somehow very deep, but it doesn't need to get there so quick. So maybe we can warm up. Uh, man, so past couple of years, you've just been different country. Where are you right now? Right now I'm in Paris. Uh, I've been here for the last three and a half years. Um, so yeah, initially came here to finish my degree, uh, to finish my studies, and now I'm, I'm completely done with school. So I'm uh, currently uh, working uh, in sales. Sales, bro. I mean, let's also mention the fact that it seems like it's on the side, but really you're just, I see your Instagram, you're getting people who are not where they want to be physically. And, it, and then you just get them within, what is it, like two, three months you're doing it? What got you into doing all this and how does that work out? For sure, man. So it started off uh, with my own passion for fitness and for love and with my own transformation. So I went from being a really lazy kid that played video games all the time, that wasn't very good socially, that didn't have a lot of confidence in himself, uh, to transforming myself and becoming healthier, becoming fitter, becoming more confident through sports and most through sports and most importantly through the discipline that sports and fitness requires. And then once I lived to that transformation, I decided, you know what? I want to start sharing what, what I've learned. I want to start sharing my experience with people. So I started my Instagram page. And through my page, I started getting in contact with people. A lot of people were really into what I was doing. And uh, some people started asking for help. So at first, I was doing it for free. And I was doing it as a way to try it out. And it was working very well. And then uh, about one year and a half ago, about one, yeah, about, about a year, uh, year and a half ago, uh, that's when I officially started uh, coaching people, uh, taking it seriously, um, making a little bit of money out of it, but that's not the primary purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you do it just for the passion and just the joy of it. And just really seeing people who, the way I like to talk about it is, Whenever you get into any kind of coaching or you're teaching anything, really, especially when it's a personal development, I try to share with people that envision your younger self, right? The Mamoon who is playing video games all day, a little extra weight, not that much confidence. And then now who you've become. Now, just imagine right now that there's someone out there who is the younger Mamoon who is dying for someone like you to help them. And all it really takes is for you to be like, all right, I'm here. Let me help you out. So it's kind of the mindset that's always encouraged. And I'm sure you've come across some people like that who are in the same position, yeah? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And uh, mm. a lot of times, a lot of these people don't realize that they can be better. So that's uh, that's where mm-hmm. uh, that's where uh, the experience comes in. And that's where what I've realized is that a lot of people that I've worked with and a lot of people in general, what they really want is not a program or to tell them what to do, but they want somebody there, somebody to encourage them, to show them that, you know what? Hey, man, you can be better. You, if, if you put in the work, you can develop yourself. You can you can discover a part of yourself that you haven't discovered yet. And that's what I've been able to do through uh, my page, through interacting with people, through uh, sharing my journey with others. And honestly, man, that's the most fulfilling part. Uh, taking somebody, not taking, but helping somebody who is here 
and uh, then helping them get here uh, through your own past experiences. Yeah. That's, that's super fulfilling, man, and I love it. No, for sure. If you guys aren't watching out, my moon just used his hands to illustrate that. And one way that I describe that as well is it's basically filling the gap, right? It's filling the gap from where you are to where you want to be. And what's going to go on in the middle to really bridge that gap. So sometimes it's yep. a mental block. It's a physical block. It's a perception block, which is part of mental. And how do you navigate that? All right. So right. what's what's maybe the first person that you saw? Not just, This has to be a massive transformation because I think at times we look at it and we think, oh, this huge change. I think that's very intimidating to a lot of people. And that's one of the reasons why I always talk about the two millimeter shifts. So for example, you don't need to do much to change everything. It's a little change will actually add up to a lot. So for example, if you're flying a plane from Los Angeles to New York, if you just move the nose of the plane two inches Southeast, so down, it's gonna end up in Washington DC. And all you did was move it two inches. So for yourself, just seeing that not a massive transformational change, just what was the first one that you thought, oh, wow, this makes me feel fulfilled. And the younger Mamoon would be ecstatic with joy. Absolutely, man. So this was during the COVID period. Uh, I got in touch with uh, with this girl that follows me on uh, on Instagram. And uh, yeah, she said she was interested because I was mentioning on my stories, hey, guys, I'm offering help to people. Whoever's interested, you can talk to me. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I was qualifying whether these people were actually going to take what I was giving them seriously uh, and uh, not take it for granted because I was doing it for free. Uh, so there was this girl that I spoke to and I, I realized that she was she was really into it and she was curious about improving her life through fitness. So we started our work together. And uh, this was during COVID, so all I asked of her was to buy um, uh, to buy a little bit of material, maybe fifty dollars or eighty dollars worth of of, uh, of home equipment. Um, so uh, I gave her a little program uh, four four times a week. She started doing some exercise. She started improving her eating habits. She started moving a little bit more, walking, drinking more water, getting better sleep. And after a period of of uh, uh, four to six months, she lost like fifteen kilograms, man, and it was just a crazy all right for the americans for the americans out there that's what 35 pounds yeah that's like 30 or no that's like 32 pounds 32 pounds <laughs> something like that yeah something it's, it's between yeah. 30 and 35 pounds but uh she went yeah. through a crazy yeah. transformation man her, like her, her face cleared up uh her, her body became stronger fitter her physical condition was better she had more energy she was happier she felt so much more confident and that's when i realized Damn, man, if I can give this to this to this girl, then I should be doing this with other people and I should be offering this help to as many people as possible because I wish I wish somebody would have offered me this help when I, when I was in that position. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Man, that is the exact point. Because when we're putting stuff off like that, I mean, just think about the younger Mamoon, right? What if he had this going on in his life at the time? How different would his life have been now? I mean, at the same time, maybe the inspiration and the motivation wouldn't be there at that same point but also dude what is a 16 year old mamoon is that what we're talking about or younger yeah we're talking like 14 16 even 18 okay. to be honest yeah. yeah i mean in 18 you had you went over to ut which the university and think about it you're already not in your element you're in a totally new environment totally different country and for you i mean that's something i wanted to get into as well just how is that adaptation from morocco to the states and it's not like you were coming from a super small right because you're from uh casablanca marrakesh 
Or is that Marrakesh? Marrakesh. Okay. It was someone else I was speaking to from Marrakesh. For the people that don't so know, even just, that's just for the people that don't know, Marrakesh is a, is a city in Morocco, which is a North African country located beneath Spain. It's because we, we just didn't mention where I was from to begin with. We jumped straight into Paris. Yeah. That's very true, actually. My mom caught my slip up. I'll tell you it's going to happen a few more times, so bear with me. So <laughs> then how is that? <laughs> so then going from Morocco, because our university, so my mom and I went to university together. There were a lot of international students that did come. So it's always interesting hearing their experience. But specifically, still playing video games all day, all that stuff. How do you acclimate school in the States but specifically one that was very big on the social aspect, really getting out there, putting yourself out there. In a way, networking with people who, I mean, let's be honest, our university had a lot of people who had a lot of money as well, which is fine. It just kind of, it changes the element too when you're not being proactively social and stuff like that. So how did you transition yeah. with this and what did you take away from the, that experience? Yeah, uh, it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a difficult transition um it was a difficult transition i mean there are different aspects to it so there's socially uh in terms of my social life back home in morocco and then my social life in in tampa uh socially it was difficult uh but it was it, it made it easier to have other people come from different countries so i met a lot of other people that were in the same position that i was in and we got close we bonded quick because we were all looking for friendships we were all looking to meet new people because we don't want to be alone in in, in a completely different place okay. that made it a bit mm -hmm. easier but socially, it was a bit difficult because my, my whole first year of college, I was not drinking alcohol uh, and uh, therefore I was not going out. I was not partying. I was not doing all these super big social activities that, that, that university students were doing, that 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds were doing in college. Uh, so socially, uh, there, there was that. And then uh, if we speak a little bit about academics, it was very difficult, man. My first semester at UT was mm. disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting. I remember getting my grades. I remember getting my grades Ooh. for my first semester, and I was just so so ashamed of myself. And I I was telling myself, man, your family Ooh. has put so much effort and so much investment into this. Uh, you have to get your shit together. And uh, I did. Uh, I did. After the second semester, I, I was doing so much better, and I was transitioning better. Uh, but uh, it was. It was difficult, man. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It was very difficult, and that difficulty is what I am grateful for today. Because if it was easy, if it was an easy transition, then I would not have been able to, I would not have been able to, to, to become uh, the man that I am today. I would not have learned what I've learned today. And uh, those difficult moments are something that I look back on and I'm super grateful for. Did you get that? Uh, yeah, so it basically disconnected for the last like 10 to 15 seconds but you can say why it was difficult so then you're coming back with your family the expectations that they had they put a lot into you and you didn't want to disappoint them so then what did you do uh well it wasn't because of their expectations it was because of, of my my standards for myself uh, i was reflecting and i was telling myself ah, okay. i was telling myself these people your family members they they sent you here and uh, they, they they've invested so much effort and so much time and energy and money into you uh like what, what the hell are you doing man get your shit together you know and i started working harder i started putting more efforts into school and uh 
yeah man the the transition in general was was difficult it was it wasn't easy um uh, but i'm very happy for the difficult moments i'm very happy for the difficult moments and i would rather go through difficult and challenging moments and have myself adapt and have myself learn and grow than have the transition be super easy for me and then me just remain the same because there was no friction there was no way for me to improve you know what i'm saying In hindsight, it's the best thing that could have happened. But when you're inside of this time, it's basically just you're, you're thinking to yourself, all right, let's get this with. This is terrible. I'm not a fan. I'm not going to look back 10 years from now and be grateful for this. But in a way, we do become grateful from it later on. Absolutely. And I think that only happens really when, like yourself, you become very self-aware. Two, you might have been on the other side better than when you were in it. And I think it's just the frame that you're looking through as. Because now like, you are able to help other people. And there's, of course, other students from Morocco going to the States, who you're probably familiar with, that you can connect with them, give them some perspective, and also tell them what, not just what they need to do, but what not to do. And I think that's kind of a, a gray area that's not really talking about. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think man. that makes it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think this slide here is kicking our butt. Uh, but yeah, no, so even just to that point. So moving from Morocco, going to the States, boom. Now, let's say junior, senior year, how do things change later on once you're improving your health and you're about 20 at that time? So how do things change for you at that point? Yeah, so junior year was in France. I moved to France during my junior year. I took a, a oh, gap semester. Yeah, I did, man. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Freshman, sophomore year, we're in Florida. We're in Tampa. And then I took a gap semester um, from uh, from September to to December uh, 2018. And then I moved to Paris January 2019. Uh, hi. Okay, that makes sense because, yeah. Well, that makes sense because there was that hurricane that, if you remember, we stayed on campus for that, which is a mess. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a massive hurricane. I think it's called Hurricane Irma. Maybe Hurricane Irma. And yep, yep. yeah, it was myself, my moon, and a bunch of other Moroccans. We decided to just bear it out. Um, we told everyone we're not leaving. Just like that scene in yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. We didn't leave. We had a great time. Uh, fortunately, we were. <laughs> fortunately, we were. I mean, that was that was too funny. But yeah, we yeah. stayed. We were able to make it um but no that makes sense actually because you were two years younger right because you graduated in 2020 yeah so that should make sense then but, I mean, a, a lot of movement for someone who really just stayed inside played video games like confidence and was able to go abroad socialize mingle make those connections be self-aware enough to overcome their let's say academic struggles at least in the beginning and then is able to even pivot later on and go to another different country, a different continent. And there's a lot of transformation that goes on, man. How do you think that all impacts how you see life today and how you even go about just the way you think about things? I'm so grateful, man. I'm so grateful because as much as these things, as much as these transformations, moving to different places and all these experiences are, are, are difficult, uh, where I come from, these are opportunities that are scarce. 
many people don't have these in fact not many mm. people the majority of people don't have these opportunities so i can sit here and be like hey man those it was difficult it was yeah um, i mean it was difficult but uh, only only a very very select amount of individuals can do what i've done only select amount of individuals can move to the us and study in a private school in the us and then move to paris a very expensive european city and live in paris and go to a private school in paris so i am very fortunate and the way i saw it was yes this is difficult it comes with its challenges but this is also an opportunity that i have to make the most out of so uh, having these opportunities it just made my perspective uh, on life very different it made me very grateful and it made me seek the most out of uh, uh, out of the experiences that I got. Hmm. Man, that perspective is really beautiful. It, it really is. I think so, so often we lose sight of the opportunities we are given. And then there's always something to complain about, which is so nuts. And Mamun, maybe you've heard about this, but I always hear people say, oh, you know, it could be worse. Yeah, that's true, but it can also be better. Like, what hmm. are we doing? So I think even at that point, just what perspective are you going to choose to live in? And then I think the one that you're using where it's being aware that you are, are having these opportunities that other people don't have, the very few do, and finding a way to leverage it and not lose sight of kind of not just where you're coming from, but how you've specifically grown as a person into that. Because I think what happens is when you have those resources, it's very easy to go to your head. And at university, my goodness, there were so many people like this. It was quite frustrating. But then to remain intact with that perspective, that's a skill, man. So um, mabruk, we'll say. In Arabic, that's congratulations. So that's, that's big time. Okay, so I, I do want to ask, man, of course, there's a, str a string of successes that have come your way. And you're what, 24? 24. 24, okay. So yeah. you know, a short amount of time, but you can get a lot done. In that time, man, what's been the biggest failure or challenge, let's say, and what was learned from it? Um, one of the biggest challenges for me was uh, leaving my family at a, at a young age and after a very difficult moment in my life. Uh, so I left my family at the age of 18. And uh, just eight months before that, and this is something that I've actually never shared online, uh, this is something that I've. Mm. This is something that I only share with like really close people. Uh, just eight months before I left for Tampa, my father passed away. So it was a very very Oof. difficult time. It was a very hard time, Same. and I had to, yeah, I had to pack my bags and I had to leave, and I never went back home until the next summer. So it was about nine months. Um, so that was very difficult. That was one of the biggest challenges that I faced. It wasn't a failure, but it was a very very difficult challenge, and it, it impacted. Some things that came about afterwards, you know, like me not doing good in school, me being distracted, me having to recover from the pain of uh, of, uh, of the loss and all of that. So that was one of the things that that, that definitely made the challenge bigger. Another thing was uh, another thing was me not doing good in school. That's something that I took responsibility for. I had to take responsibility for that. I had to uh, uh, I, I had to get my shit together, man. I had to look in the mirror and. Uh, I couldn't blame life for, uh, for, for, for setting certain circumstances in my life. I couldn't blame uh, me being away from family and, and having lived a difficult experience just months before. I just had to look in the mirror and I had to, uh, I, I had to, uh, I had to, to hold myself accountable for, uh, for my mistakes. Um, 
And uh, yeah, man, those two were definitely one of the biggest, uh, those two were definitely two of the biggest challenges that I faced. And number two was the, uh, number two was the academic challenge that was more of a failure that that I had to to, to hold myself accountable for. Mm. Yeah, I mean, definitely thank you for sharing. It's, I mean, the loss of anyone that we love is of course always going to be difficult. And especially the pressure to put on oneself, especially academically and after all that is very challenging. Now, from those two, you said that you're basically, you learned that more so look at yourself in the mirror and just saying like, these things that may be out of your control, you can't worry about them. But the ones that are, you do have to focus and double down. Would that be fair? For sure, man. Definitely. Yeah, man. And Powerful lessons. Oh my goodness. Man. Yeah, that's something my, that I live my, my with. Wisdom today. <laughs> huh? What's that? That's something that, uh, that's kind of a principle in my life. You know, when something's not going well, I, I want to look in the mirror and I want to see how I can fix it. I don't want to blame all these external factors because if I look elsewhere, then suddenly the problem is not fixable from my end. If I if I blame mm -hmm. something else, then I can't take the matter into my own hands. But if I look in the mirror and if I tell myself, Mamun, what, what have you been doing that you could do better? What have you done wrong? What's what's the mistake that you've made that you can, uh, that you can improve on? Uh, by having by having this type of thought process, uh, I can I can take uh, matters into my own hands, and I can improve uh, by looking myself in the mirror instead of blaming something that is external for myself. Hmm. Reminds you of that song by Michael Jackson. If you've heard it, "Man in the Mirror." Yeah, I love that song, man. <laughs> I love that song, bro. It's so good. It is so good, but it's true. It really is true, man. There's such a desire to blaming external. And I will say that sometimes there are definitely things, I mean, most of the time, there are things that are outside of your control. However, what is it that you can do directly that's within your realm of control that you can control? And I think once we focus more on that, for me, it was more so you develop a sense of autonomy a little bit more and a sense yeah. of the notion that we actually have influence over what happens in our lives. And I think since your experience and you're doing that, that of course builds more confidence because you see, okay, I can put in, I, I can have an input on an event and it can potentially alter the output, alter the outcome. And that must be very empowering, no? Uh, it certainly is, man. It certainly is. And mm. it's a great way for any one of us to, to increase their level of confidence and belief in themselves. Uh, when you tell yourself, okay, um, I don't feel good physically, I feel tired, I don't feel very confident, I'm not very happy with my body image, and then you go to the gym for three months straight and, excuse me, then you go to the gym for three months straight and uh, you start seeing some results, then you're going to feel better about yourself, you're going to feel more confident, and uh, I think that's applicable to every other area of your life. So uh, absolutely, mm -hmm. taking matters into your own hands is a great way for anybody to increase their confidence in themselves. It's a great way for anybody to uh, um, uh, to start believing in themselves more. Hmm. Right on, man. I recently started boxing, maybe about three weeks ago. And yeah. it's kind of weird because I was never into any of this combat and fighting, stuff like that. Because I'm very, I think I'm a pretty strong pacifist in a way. But at the same time, it's crazy because when I started doing it, Oh my gosh, man. I mean, the confidence level went through the roof because you're able to learn some basic techniques and you're just getting yourself in this mindset. And the confidence that comes from that is incredible because you're overcoming a challenge that you didn't think before was possible. So the same thing of going to the gym for, let's say, three months or even less than that, you're building a habit, you're disciplining yourself, 
and you're also realizing that you can overcome a mental obstacle. Because a lot of times, man, our mind follows our, our body. If we're in a poor physical state, we're not exercising, we're not getting any cardio in, we're not consuming food that's healthy and nourishing and empowering, our mindset will follow. And it's not going to be in the position we want it to be. So I totally hear you on the importance of doing this. Many people don't, man. Yep. It's actually quite sad. Um, very sad. So now I'm curious then, with Mamoon in, in these young 24 years, and I talk like I'm an old man, but I'll tell you, when I get out of this chair, ugh, my back does not work with muscle. Maybe I think I'm old in spirit. Okay, man, so who would you have? Um, let's say there's a historical figure. They, they can be alive, they can be no longer with us, or it can be someone who is really a thought leader, just really provokes some thought inside yourself. If you had to have tea with them for let's say about two hours, who would it be? And what would you want to talk about? Does it have to be a historical figure? No. Does it have does to be like a super, does it have to be like a super popular figure or can it be somebody of my choosing? Someone of your choosing who resonates with you where you'd want to have some more information or just exchange ideas that it's the last person you can talk to. Let's say this is the last person you're going to be able to talk to. You want to get insight into life, insight into the world. Who do you speak with? And how's the tea that you guys have together? <laughs> Are you having mint tea? You're having mint tea no. with like the ate? No. <laughs> yeah, look, man, this is easy. This is going to be my father, man. This is easy. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah it's, it's easy mm. for me because one thing, that, one thing that you experience with death, especially the death of somebody that's super close to you, is you have to accept the fact that you're never going to meet that person again, ever. Oh, that's dude, very, that's, that's so powerful. Man. That's yeah. a very difficult to swallow. So if you tell me you can mm. have two hours with anybody, of course I'm going to say my father because I wish I could hear his, vo his voice again. I wish I could speak to him again, man. And uh, I can't. Mm. I can't. So <laughs> um, if what I had the choice, of course. Yeah, what do you think he would tell you if you were looking six years since because you said you were 18 right uh i was yeah, yeah. i was like a month from turning 18. it was it was like six years and a half hmm. what would he looking like you guys meet you go to the local uh shop for tea you know you guys are going in there you have some mint tea together you got the guy pouring the tea from the top <laughs> what does he say what's 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 the conversation like and what does it look like yeah, I think he'll be very proud of me, man, to be honest. I think he'll be very proud of me because, mm. um, I mean, look, man, I'm young and uh, there's still so much ahead of me, so much to learn, so much to experience, but I've overcome a lot and I, I've done it by myself. I've never had any type of mentor or father figure around. Even when my father was alive, he wasn't a very good father figure. Uh, and then, of course, he passed away about seven years ago. So for the last seven years, and that's when I've experienced the most growth and the most transformation in my life. Mm -hmm. I haven't had anybody to yep. do anything, nothing. It was fully me, man. It was fully out of my curiosity. It was fully out of my ambition and my curiosity about who I can be. And as a result of that, I was able to become better. I was able to improve myself. So I do the things that I do today. I discipline myself the way that I discipline myself today in hopes that my father is watching and that he's proud of me. So if I sit with him and if in fact he is watching, I know that he will be very, very proud of the man that I, 
that I've become. He'll be very proud of the path that I am on. Hmm. What would you want to ask him? Oh man. <laughs> what would I want to ask him? Uh, out of the many ask, things you would probably ask, what are a couple that stand out? Yeah, I, I have so many questions, but some are some are very personal uh, because, mm -hmm. uh, as I told you, he wasn't very present. He wasn't a, a very present father figure in our lives. So I would I would uh, it would be it would be a very difficult conversation with him. You know, it wouldn't be like two mm -hmm. hours of fun and us just laughing. Like there are still a lot of mm -hmm. feelings that I have. There are still a lot of things that I wish mm -hmm. I would have told him that now. At the age of 24, I have the confidence to say, if he was here, that I wasn't mm. able to stay when I was 16 and 17, you know? So it would wow. be a very difficult conversation, but it would also be something that I, that I would want to do. So uh, there are, some, ver so, there are some, some questions that I would ask that are very personal and it would be very difficult for me to, uh, uh, to discuss with you, I think. Yeah, 100%, man. Well, it's interesting too, because you have uh, one or two younger brothers. I have an older sister who's one year older, and I have a younger brother who's about nearly three years younger. Hmm. And even now, you think about it, you know, you're talking about the your father not being so, so present. Who, who, to your younger, do you believe is his role model mentor? It's me, man. And remember, there was the younger Mamoon who we're talking about who could be suffering or enduring a challenge at some point. And literally, you don't even have to go beyond your immediate family to connect with someone who could use that mentor in their life, right? Who Absolutely. you see that it's like, wait, that's the younger or that person to your younger brother. Absolutely, I am. And that's a big, big reason why um, that, that's one of my whys. That's one of, if you ask me why, Mamoun, why, uh, why have you decided to to live the way you live? Why have you decided to uh, to discipline yourself, to, to take your health very seriously, to take your life very seriously, to, to set goals for yourself, to be ambitious. If you ask me why, one of the biggest reasons, one of the biggest answers that come up is my younger brother, because I want to give him that. I want to give him somebody to look up to. I want to give him an older brother that he can, that uh, I want to give him like a, it's cliche to say a hero, but just like a mentor. You know, a big brother figure, mm -hmm. a mentor, somebody that can guide him towards a better path. Um, so mm. that's one of the biggest, biggest reasons why I wake up at 6 a.m. and take a cold shower every morning, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man. Well, a couple things. One, one not, all, uh, not all heroes wear capes, right? Something to remember. Uh, but then with the cold showers, yeah, that's discipline, man. Our, when we were rooming together, I actually was taking cold showers. For the last semester I was there. Like every morning I took a cold shower. So I don't know. I mean, you were probably dead asleep, but sometimes I get in there. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. I get in, I blast the John Mayer playing uh what song is it? Yeah, you love John Mayer, man. You got me addicted to John Mayer, man. Oh, let's go, let's go. <laughs> you got me addicted go. to John Mayer. Every time, like every time I'm having a picnic, because Paris is, is very nice during the summer, we go to like parks yeah. and we have picnics and stuff. Every time I'm having a picnic and it's like sunsets, very nice vibes, very nice weather. I'm always playing John Mayer, man, always. Yeah, and, man. And, and a lot and of times I, I have people sitting around thanking me. I have random couples <laughs> saying, oh, man, you just made our afternoon so much better. Thank you for the music. Oof, oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the unofficial Cupid. I think that's what you're doing. Yeah, man, it's, it's yeah. a vibe. Uh, when, when I had got in there blasting the John Mayer, 
that's probably why you couldn't hear me. I, not always, but sometimes I would kind of do a little scream because that water was brutal. You know, but it created that discipline and it really gets to the anchor that if you can overcome something early in the morning, a freezing cold shower, dude, you literally just anchored yourself into basically overcoming any obstacle that comes your way throughout that day. Like you're, yeah. you're totally set with that. Okay, well, that's a great answer. I, I think someone else also gave a similar answer or something like, or maybe it was their grandpa or something because I think something like this. Powerful, yeah. man. Now, what we do like to give sort of a, not just books or stories that give insight into how you're framing life a little bit, but what mm-hmm. maybe movie, book, or even podcasts, aside from this one, of course, is one that really just shifted your perspective in a way that you really didn't anticipate one bit. So whether it's a book that you read for like a fiction or nonfiction or a movie that just really showed you how different things can be. Yeah. So I'm going to mention a book. I'm going to mention two books. And then more importantly, it's not the books, it's the authors. It's the people that wrote these books. So number one, number one, it's Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Um, Mm -hmm. For people that don't know who David Goggins is, uh, he's he, he he's referred to as the, as the, as the hardest man alive uh, he's an ultra marathon runner mm. he's uh, uh he was uh, in the military for multiple years he had like a whole military career he went from he had a lot of issues when he was younger with his father and then he overcame these issues and he went on to to serve uh, the US military for years outside of the US and he he's he's a very very accomplished man and his book can't hurt me was the spark for me it was the spark. Uh, I, I read it during COVID or I listened to it uh, on audiobook during COVID. And uh, that was the spark. That was the uh, that was the um, the book that um, that was the book that that got me thinking, man, like I, I can be so much more. I, I can push myself so much further. I can become so much better than I am today. And uh, in through reading his book, I became very, very addicted to David Goggins and his, his alarm. Uh, his, 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 there's a video of, of him. That's my alarm today. Like every morning at 6 a.m., my alarm goes off and it's David Goggins' voice. So that's something. That's a book that I highly recommend to anybody that's trying to improve their life, that's trying to, to seek more. Uh, so there's that. Num- number two. Uh, the figure is Jordan Peterson, Dr. Jordan Peterson, who is uh, a psychologist from Canada, from uh, uh, from uh, the University of Toronto, uh, Toronto, uh, I believe. Uh, and his mm-hmm. book is 12 Rules for Life, which was very, very, very good for me. It was very impactful. Uh, and uh, the, the, the figure himself is a very big father figure for me. So uh, because I didn't have a, because I don't have a father figure right now, uh, because I don't have anybody that I'm close to that I see as a mentor or a father figure, I I, I find these figures online. I find them uh, through these people that I see online, through these books, and and I uh, and I try to learn from what they from what they share with us. Hmm. Powerful man. Yeah, the David Goggins. I personally never read that book, but I this I know who this guy is. Very intense. But he was also. Couple of things I don't know if you mentioned, but he was also overweight, right? Quite a bit. Very overweight, yeah. He was like much younger, so yeah, like very overweight. I saw some pictures, like wow. Then he was suicidal and all this stuff, so definitely big time. And the Twelve Rules for Life, definitely an awesome book. I don't know if you saw, but you know, I actually met him, Jordan Peterson. Oh, have you? 
Um, I, I met him. Uh, faded. Yeah, I actually met him. Um, I have. If you go to my Instagram, what's that? You said you met him, right? Yeah, yeah. I had. Um, he came to DC and he was doing a book tour for his newer book, and I got tickets. I did like a VIP thing, so I actually wow. managed to like I got a picture with him, and then after there was like a Q and A with like thirty people, and yeah, I spoke wow. to him for like five minutes and all that stuff. And it was really funny because wow. at the end he gets up and I'm sitting in the front. So I go, I just like, we were just having a conversation. It was really funny. And then I go like to shake his hand. And I was like, okay, come down for a picture. He goes, huh? And I do a selfie with him and he's like standing up on stage. I grab his hand and I just like pull him down. I'm like, come on, like, get in this picture. He goes, ah, okay, no problem. Wow. <laughs> I'll, 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 so I'll send it to you after this, man. It's that's so Bruce, man. <laughs> That's so Bruce. Oh my god. That's awesome, bro. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, man. It was just funny, man. It was funny. Uh, because you know, I, I like him as well. Is I had read his book for different reasons, but specifically I had read it during COVID. And yeah, that one just really got me to see things so differently and from a different perspective, right? Because let's just say yeah. You know, with a little of getting into politics, he is more on the right side. And mm -hmm. for myself, it's just kind of exploring different opinions and different thoughts. And then that book opened me up to seeing that there is so much value in more than just one belief system. And his really stood out a lot. So yeah, that's like very powerful, man. And I mean, the new book, too, you got to check out if you can. But two great recommendations, man. Great. I didn't like the new book so really? much. I, I, okay. I read it like halfway and I stopped. Uh, I feel like mm -hmm. I feel like what he says, he, he could shrink it down to like thirty percent of the words. Uh, there's so much mm. more words said than necessary, and it makes it more complex than it should be. You know, there's a rule, there's an idea yeah. that he's trying to share with you. Just make it as simple as possible for the reader, especially for a reader that maybe isn't uh, very experienced with reading. Somebody who's actually just trying to take some advice from a father figure that he saw online, or somebody that inspires him. And they want to read your book make it as simple as possible for the person but i feel like with his books and certainly with his second book uh, he just makes it more complex than it should be and for that reason mm -hmm. uh, i read like i read through it halfway and i just picked up a book that i enjoyed better and i just took the other book <laughs> yeah, yeah i think that's one of the challenges that he has and really i think most of us have at times is that we try to not make things more complicated than it needs to be but we and i do this all the time oh my gosh I get onto tangents and I'm just bringing in different anecdotes and theories and examples. But at the end of the day, the point of any book or any story is to get you from one side of the bridge to the other. That's yeah. it. You don't have to make a huge obstacle course for people to jump through hoops and avoid landmines. Get them from point A to point B while making sure you deliver substance. And in the second one, he did do that less because he was going much, much, not much deeper, just he was making it a little more, a, a little less simple, basically. Yeah. And there's, there's a piece of advice that we, you know, I've, I'm also doing sales to some extent. And there's an acronym called KISS, K-I-S-S. Have you heard of this one? I have not, no. Yeah, basically it's, the uh, acronym is Keep It Simple Stupid, right? The KISS method. Mm. So you don't need to make mm. this so complicated and all that. Is making sure you get to the other side because he can also lose people who he influenced so much. And I think it's one responsibility as a mentor, one that you have with your little brother, and you also have with the people you coach, is 
Do you really need to tell the person unless they ask the details of the muscle groups, the anatomies, the physiology, or just tell them like, hey, you want to get some more size? We're going to stretch to make you more flexible and to eat right and do that. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's really a lot, of people already have, a lot of people already have so much going on in their life. They don't want to delve oh. into all these complex things, man. Just give them, just no. give them a solution. Just tell them if you want to get from point A to point B, <laughs> X, Y, yeah. and Z, and you're going to get there and support mm -hmm. them, encourage them. I think that's what we like the most. It's not the programming. It's not, uh, it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. not so much. Mm -hmm. that. It's more the encouragement. Uh, so many people like mm -hmm. that, man. Unfortunately, bro, that's uh, that is so powerful. So yeah, that, that's so powerful because I was working with someone, uh, you know, some time ago, and I was helping them sign up for uh, to start working out at the club, right at the gym. And <clears throat> I was speaking with this person, and you know, they're they've been out of it for a while, picked up some weight, and we were talking, and and I'm going through the whole process of showing them the club and what's included and all this stuff. And they were hesitant and they weren't really feeling it, but for me. That's the part of the whole process that I don't like, that I like the least, right? That I strongly dislike. So instead, I just became, I said, you know what? Put on your life coaching hat and just start encouraging the hell out of them, right? So then we were just getting into this mindset, bouncing back off each other. And she had some very nasty thoughts in her mind where I was basically asking her, I said, look, if you have a friend who's struggling like this, how do you talk to them? She's like, oh, I'm encouraging and I respect them and I try to motivate them. I'm like, great. How are you talking to yourself right now? She goes, ah, yeah, you're basically bullying yourself. You're bullying yourself into this corner, all this talk and all this stuff. So then one other exercise, when she wasn't really ready for jumping on board because of that, she tells herself like, oh, I'm not going to work out. I don't have the discipline, all this stuff. I was like, okay, you know, you know what we're going to do? Here I have a piece of paper and it was a piece of paper with the memberships on it. <clears throat> like the prices and stuff. So I ripped it in half. I gave her a blank. And I said, look, I'm going to do this exercise with you. On this piece of paper, I want you to write down for the next 60 seconds, we're both going to do it. Write down those negative thoughts that are in your mind right now. The ones that are limiting you from working out, taking care of your health, the same story you're telling yourself. So for 60 seconds, we write it down, write it down. We finish up. I go, great. So what you're going to do and I'm going to do is we're going to rip it multiple times and we're going to throw it in the garbage, right? Mm. So just that visual process of seeing it go into the garbage and plus the mental of getting it onto paper and then you being the one that rips it because so often we believe that these thoughts control us, but I think it's the other way, man. I think we can really have serious input on what the thoughts come out to be. So we do that mm. one, we throw it out. Dude, she signed up, personal training, everything. She's 100%. Because like awesome. you're saying, yeah, they, they want the content, but they also want someone who's going to encourage them and motivate them because what does yep. it matter if you know what to do, but there's no fuel that's really nudging you and getting you there. Most people know what to do, man. Like if you want to get healthy, just eat, yeah. eat more veggies, eat, <laughs> eat quality right. food, go to the gym, walk, drink more water. Like people know what to do. People don't have that fuel. People don't have that fire. And, and most importantly, they don't have the belief. They don't think they're worthy Oof. of that. And they, they don't think they're capable of, of achieving that. So that's where people like you through this podcast, people like me through my coaching and other people that do different things, uh, that, that's where we come in and we share our experiences with them to show them, look, man, I was just in, I was in the same position as you. I was like this uh, uh, at a certain point. I was not able to 
to read the book. I was not able to go to the gym. I was not able to wake up early and, and be productive, for example. And now I'm doing that. And this is how I was able to do it. And you can do it as mm -hmm. well. And by, by, mm -hmm. by hearing that they can do it and by getting that consistent encouragement, uh, they certainly can do it. They certainly are able to do it. And it's the same thing with, with the girl that, that you said you were in talks with. No, man, that's, that's beautiful. It's really bridging that gap and helping them see it. And plus, I mean, even yourself, right? You do have, I think you show pictures or something, but just of you being a little heavier when you're younger. And it's like, look, you know, the eyes, like, they don't always lie. Take a look. Yeah. And then yeah. see, this is what I did. And you guys can see on camera, but you can follow Mamoon on social media. He's ripped. He's got that size. And that's how I'm it works. I'm bulking, so I'm eating so much right now. <laughs> oh, man. But I will Maybe, I think you're eating delicious food. <laughs> I'm eating so That's much, awesome. man. But regardless, I have I actually have a question for you. Oh, hit me, man. Hit me. Hit me. Yeah, man. So I saw your I, last... I have, uh, I have a potential answer. I have a potential answer. We'll see. <laughs> I, I saw your last post uh, with regards to boxing, and I really liked it. And mm -hmm. then you mentioned earlier that you were a bit of a pacifist. I'm guessing that means that you don't really believe in violence, and you, 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 you would rather take the peace. Um, you would rather take the more peaceful solution. I completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. But you also wrote a quote that is something that I resonate with a lot. And that is something that I believe in, which is it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. And I want to understand how how boxing and how taking that next step has a has a what type of perspective has it given you on on training, on boxing, on uh, being a warrior in a garden instead of a gardener in a war? Yeah, no, great, man. Uh, I'm glad that you picked up that quote because I love it. I mean, it came from Bruce Lee, I believe. That's what I, I give the credit to him. And yeah, so really the reason that at least I got into boxing was I was in D.C. and then I was basically nearly carjacked, right? And the person had a weapon. And fortunately, I was able to mentally outmaneuver the person, right? Just using some tactics of what I've learned with negotiation and hostage stuff. Now, what I also realized though is if the guy was able to open the door and maybe he had some kind of weapon or anything like this, my words can't really stop a weapon from hurting me. So then I realized that too. I'm like, all right, you know, I probably need to learn how to defend myself physically. Because for me, I never want to hurt anybody. There's, I don't see why we would want to hurt someone. But you do need to learn how to defend yourself. And I think that's what was the shift as to what got me into boxing. So at least getting into boxing, what it changed for me was first, I was very uncomfortable with boxing because I don't want to get punched in the face. Plus, I don't want to punch anyone in the face. I don't want to punch people. What is this? But I learned that it's it's kind of like there. I actually did this Japanese training in Morocco, right? When I used to live there called Aikido, right? Where it's basically mm -hmm. use the force of the enemy at the enemy, quote unquote, against them. So you're not causing harm. You're just using their own energy to subdue. And with boxing, it is definitely a little bit more of a, an aggressive approach. But what I found is that you don't know what setting you're going to be in when you're going to need that. And for me, aside just from the punching and the physicality and the speed and all this stuff, it became very mental for me because it taught me that you have to be quick on your feet. You have to always defend really your mind because your hands are always supposed to be covering your face because yeah. the computer of your body is your brain. Or your brain doesn't work, you're going to have a lot of trouble. So it taught me that the body is needs to be taken care of so well, but also prepared for anything that may come. 
So when it comes to being the gardener or the warrior in the garden versus the gardener in the war, I'm all about peace. I try to be as peaceful as possible. Just at times when someone is going to attack you or the ones you love and care about, you got to be able to protect them. And I think it's very foolish and ultimately kind of selfish to know that you may need to protect someone in the future and not take the necessary precaution to do it. Yeah. So now, man, I'm doing boxing at least once a week. I believe I'm getting much better. And it's funny because it also, it, it taught me about how to, how would I say it? it? It taught me how to approach certain situations where you don't always need to go for the knockout punch right away. Right. So I think it's similar with coaching as a fitness coach, a life coach, a relationship coach, anything like that, is that sometimes it's okay to go with the jab because you get a feel for what it's like, let's say, with the people you're going to work with or that title that you have or the market. You do that, and then you can also get them with the hook. You can get them with the cross, uppercut. So then from there, like once you got a feel for it, you're able to get them from so many different positions that you didn't necessarily see earlier. Right. So from that major, major opening of the mind. And, you know, it's funny. I sent my brother uh, a meme on Instagram and it was basically this guy walking out of this room and the caption like, when you've been boxing for, or after you finish your first boxing session and then there's like music in the back and the guy's like, yo, 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 I'll fight anybody. I'll fight anybody. Let's go. Let's go. And it's funny because I literally felt like that the first time I did it. I'm like, whoa, yeah. I got some weapons on my hands. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm a, sure. I'm a weapon. I'm a walking weapon. Don't mess with me, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, man, all about awesome. peace, but so you, you got to learn how to defend yourself. I'm so happy you took that step, What's man. That? And, and I think also having having Oof. the confidence having the confidence to know that you can defend yourself, that, that within itself brings more peace. That within itself brings more peace mm -hmm. with, it, with, with yourself because you're going to be more calm in different situations. You're going to be able to dismantle the situation better without getting emotional, without being scared because you're, you're calm and you're confident and you know you can control mm -hmm. the situation now because you know what mm -hmm. you're capable of. Rather, if you're not, if you're if you're not capable of defending yourself, that's when you can that's when you can make mistakes. That's when you're yeah. more likely to do something that's actually. Uh, worse, you you can potentially harm somebody uh, in in a worse yeah. way because you don't know how to you don't know how you don't know how to, to how to dismantle situation, and you could potentially get harmed in a worse way because you don't know how to defend yourself. That's why that's very similar to what Jordan Peterson says. I don't know if you have heard this that he said that you shouldn't be like a powerless man or something like that. That really it's like having that that power that force that you can use that you can tap into it, but you don't. Like that's someone who's much more lethal. And someone yeah. who really is able to defend themselves better. So, dude, that's like, that's totally spot on. And yeah, the confidence you feel that you're not going to be, I mean, given I'll still probably get knocked out by anyone who's boxed for more than a month. So I'm not saying that, but it's the everyday person isn't learning how to defend themselves. I mean, I, this is what people I think forget about. And fortunately, I go to a bunch of different events where, especially here in DC, DC is a city of, now, many things, but we'll say that there are people here who are rather uh, intelligent. We'll say they're educated. And when you speak to them, though, there are a lot of things that you would assume that other people know that they have no clue about. Mm. So the same thing with health, with training, with mindset and stuff like that. We assume very often and more often than not, 
the assumption that we have is actually quite off. So we're not aware of these things and it's becoming aware of that. Becoming aware of the mindset it will give you, the ability to defend yourself. These are basic things that if you just take a few hours to develop, you're leaps and bounds ahead of probably at least 80% of the population too. Yeah. So I think that's very important to just remember not to get discouraged. And even with fitness, like in the States, one third of Americans are obese and two thirds of Americans are overweight. But that's, that's bad, man. I mean, this is a problem, man. This is that's really so bad. bad. That's so this bad. is really bad. This is really yeah, bad. It's, it's become so normal as well. That's the sad part. Like for me, the sad part is people are not aware that that actually that being fitter, that being healthier is just going to make your life so much better. People are not aware <laughs> of that. And people that are overweight, people that are obese and that are not healthy, they think that by you uh, telling them about these things, they think that they think that you're attacking them. They take it personally. Right. But you've lived it, you've experienced it, and you know what mm-hmm. it takes. You know, you, you know the type of change that it's going to bring about in your life. Um, so for me, whenever I see somebody that is not in good health, I have a lot of empathy for them. Mm. I really have a lot yeah. of empathy for them. Um, so yeah, man. No, because you definitely know what it's like for Sam, man. Powerful. I mean, that's going to be another uh, another training podcast we'll do. But we'll ask because we're getting on top of the hour. What's uh, what is next for Mamun Karbush? That's the question that you're asking me now. Yeah, what's going on next, man? I mean, you're you're progressing in your with your trainings, you're hustling with your sales, and your mindset's just continuously developing. What's going to go next in your life? Yeah. So uh, actually, through doing this podcast, I realized that damn, man, I really want to do this as well. Yeah, that's fine. You just talk so to people. Really and... inspired me. Oh, you really inspired me because I, I, I have my own little, uh, not podcast, like my own series where I speak to my audience on Instagram. That's called Conversations with Mamoon. Mm-hmm. I've taken a little break from it, but I'm going to get back to it September. Um, so that's something that I want to continue doing. But I realized through this talk that I actually really, I would love to do something like this and just have different guests on and have people come and share their experiences with, with, with other people so people mm. can get some value from uh, from uh, from listening to something online. But to go mm. back to your question, what is next? Currently in Paris, uh, I've, I had a job before. I had a six-month contract. I finished it. So now I'm looking for something else, and it's looking very promising that uh, I'm going to start with a new company, hopefully mid-September, so in about a couple of weeks. Uh, my main priorities now are to... to, to to keep my independence financially uh, and in every and and in every other aspect of my life, coming from where I come from, growing up in a very uh, in a very wealthy environment in Morocco, going to a private school, uh, being able to live in the U.S. and in France and all these things, these are things that I'm grateful for. But these are things that I want to. Uh, I don't want this to be my identity. You know, I don't want my family to be my identity. I don't want my the American school of Marrakesh to be my identity. I want to form my own identity and I want to be able to take care of myself uh, by gaining my independence. So that's really my, my, uh, my biggest vision right now is just to work uh, and, 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 and to keep my independence. And then with time, keep developing myself, keep improving uh, what I do online, my social media presence, work on my coaching service. I really want to take that more seriously. And uh, the thing that I take the most serious now alongside my work and alongside my, my independence is my training. I take it very, very seriously. 
uh, it's re I've really reached a point right now where I don't miss. I'm just super consistent. Mm. And uh, I think that's going to take me places, man. So I look forward to seeing where it goes. I'm mm. going to stay consistent uh, regardless of what happens. I'm going to keep 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 going uh, to the gym, keep following my plans, keep, keep aiming uh, towards my goals and ambitions. And we'll see where that takes us, man. Yeah, man. Well, it sounds it all sounds good, and that it's only getting better. So, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. <laughs> yeah, man. Look, uh, uh, it's getting better, but I also look forward to challenges. You know, when, when life mm. throws a challenge my way, I'm, I'm. It's not convenient. You know, I would rather be. Uh, I, I would rather be more convenient, but that's not gonna. Mm -hmm. That's not gonna bring out a better version of Mamun. So I yeah. look forward to the challenges ahead as well. Well, look at that. Do you believe that the 17-year-old Mamoon would have believed that anything you just said or no? Man, sometimes when I think of 17-year-old <laughs> Mamoon, I'm just shocked, bro. I'm shocked. I look at myself and I'm like, wow. I'm, I'm... Some, sometimes when I'm having a rough time, when I'm having a rough day, I'll just think back. Of, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll think of 16-year-old Mamoon hmm. and I'll just give myself some credit. I'll be like, man, we've, we've come so far. We oh. have come so far and I'm only 24. So that's, much the, that's the fun part. Like mm -hmm. I've, I'm, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but this is something for everybody to listen to. Listen to. If, if if you're having a rough time, if you're giving yourself a rough time, just look back at where you were five years ago and realize that you're so young and that you have so much time ahead of you and that you fucking can improve whatever aspects of your mm -hmm. life that you want to improve. I'm not sure if, if you swear on this podcast, but I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm just so used to it. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> so, yeah. when, when I listen to it again, I'll just have thoughts, thoughts after every one of my sentences. <laughs> but regardless, man, I, I, I just hope people. I hope people can realize that uh, we we're all so young. If you're listening to this, you're probably also in your twenties or maybe late teens. I hope you can make the most out of the time ahead. I hope you can uh, discover a little bit more about who who you can be. And be be more curious about who you can be and about your potential because it's limitless, man. And if you're looking at all these people that have achieved great things before you, uh, tell yourself that there is no difference between you and them. There is no difference between you and them. Uh, take the first steps, uh, gain a little bit of confidence and a little bit of belief in yourself and uh, just keep it going, man. This is our time, brother. Mm. Yeah, this is, this is it, man. Well... That actually kind of answers the final question that we usually go through. But before getting to that, I just like to say a gratitude. So, of course, first, thank you for coming on. Very exciting and fun to catch up, as well as being an example of someone who can recognize a challenge in their life, a trial, a tribulation, that fun little expression, and doesn't let you, like, you've decided to become uh, better, not bitter. And I think that's a very big distinction. It's so easy to get bitter and resent and say, oh, everything's against me, which sometimes the world can be against you. I, I really do believe this. But other times, you, if you look deep enough, you can find a part of yourself that's stronger than you thought, can be leaving your home, leaving your family, going through a family loss, but can come back throughout a journey and become way better, so much to the point where the younger you wouldn't recognize you, but, we, but would be so grateful as to who you became. So just yeah. thanks for being that example, man, because it's powerful. It's it's you, it's man. wild to think like the impact we can have if we just are authentic, we share, we're a little vulnerable. It's it's out of this world, man. Absolutely. Now, man. To Absolutely. conclude, to conclude, we just do a, a nugget of wisdom 
to wrap it up, earlier you gave about like 10 nuggets. But if there was one that you'd want to give to someone who wants to elevate to a place that they know that they can be, although their current circumstances aren't supporting that belief that they can become higher, better, what would you give them as a nugget of wisdom? I'd like to give two points. Uh, first thing is belief. You need to have a little bit of self-belief. When I was 16, maybe I wasn't in good shape. Maybe I wasn't very confident. My self-esteem was low. But I had I always had a little belief in myself. I always did. And that belief grew with time. And the more results I got, the more that belief grew. So if you don't have that belief, I think that would be the first step to take. Look yourself in the mirror and just tell yourself, I believe in you. I believe in myself. I, I, I do this a lot, even to this day. Sometimes I'll look myself in the mirror and I will tell myself, I believe in you, Mamun. We will achieve what we want to achieve. You can achieve your goals. So that's number one. Develop some belief in yourself and give yourself um, give yourself those affirmations. You know, Tell yourself every day. Maybe first thing in the morning after you brush your teeth and wash your face, look in the mirror and tell yourself, I believe in you. That's the first thing. Second thing, and this is very underrated and it's something that people don't do, stop spending money on crap and spend money on mentors and on help. Mm. Stop yep. being stingy on yourself. People will go buy a $100 pair of shoes, but they won't pay $50 a month for help from somebody that is 10 years more experienced than they are. So stop spending your money on bullshit. You'll go out on a date, spend $50 on somebody you've met on the first day, but you will not buy a $50 fitness program or a sales program that will improve your, your skills at sales, or you will not buy two books for $25 each. People are very stingy with themselves and, and people are not willing to invest in themselves. So the first mm. one is belief. The second is invest in yourself. Take some of your money and invest mm -hmm. it in yourself. Once you invest in yourself and you put in the work, those investments are going to yield results with time. I really, really encourage mm. people to do this. And this is something that changed my, that improved my life so much. Once I realized that I wanted to take fitness seriously, I made, I made the big investment in myself. I hired a coach and it was a very difficult investment. It was very expensive, but I told myself, if I'm able to do this and cut off the crap, I'm not, I'm going to stop going out. I'm going to stop, I'm not going to stop completely, but I'm going to lower down the amount of times I'm going out. I'm going to stop spending money on bullshit. I'm going to spend money on myself. And when I did that, when I executed on the investments that I made, it's it really, really yielded results. So I really encourage people to take this step. Yeah. Oh, son, uh, the belief in self, crucial, and the investment within yourself as well. Uh, it's like Warren Buffett says that the largest or the best ROI is the investment you make in yourself. This one, I will say, I totally agree with your last nugget of wisdom, specifically with the point of spending $150 on a date. Look, I've been on dates before. The more money I spend, it literally turns out to be not as good. So that's that's a side note. But even then, it's like, how are you investing? I, I swear it's true, man. I, I never had success. That's so true, man. When I spent. Another wait, wait. I want to give it's one last nugget for the boys. I want to give one last nugget of wisdom for the boys. Never spend a lot of money on the first date, man. Just keep it simple. Just have a coffee, go Never. to a park, keep yep. it simple, and and make sure the person wants to be with you for you before you're spending all this money, man. Because if you give a girl the opportunity mm -hmm. to have a free dinner, she will have a free dinner, bro. So watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I'd be lying if I said it didn't happen to me a few times the past maybe six months, but you know, we don't need to go there. Uh, but dude, excellent. Thank you for the nuggets of wisdom. I appreciate it.
Everyone, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, this was Mamun Karbush, Bruce De Silva. Thank you so much. Bruce. Bruce. Thank you, See you next time. All right. No worries. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.